0: Ryan Ross.
1: Thank you, Sid. Today on Messianic Vision, our guest is Jody Hughes. All the way from Australia, even though she lives in Texas, you're going to hear that Australian accent. And we're so glad, Jody, that you're with us today. Uh, g'day.
2: Thank you. I'm really <laughs> glad to
1: be with you too, Ryan. <laughs> uh, Jody, for those of you who do not know, uh, you and your husband have been on the show before. This is only with you this time. For those who don't yes. know... You guys were, for 18 months, you were uh, powerfully used by God in Australia with what was dubbed the Pineapple Revival. Um, Why was it called the Pineapple Revival? And just give us a brief synopsis of what happened in those 18 months.
2: Yeah, it was a powerful season. Uh, We were running a church and revival suddenly broke out. And that was on the Sunshine Coast of Australia. And basically people just started coming from all over. Things literally changed overnight. It was called the Big Pineapple because we ended up in a building that had a 40-foot pineapple out the front (laughs) of it. And people started just affectionately terming it We're going to the Pineapple Revival, and it kind of caught on, and we went, wow, you know, God's a marketing genius because everyone across the nation knew about the big pineapple, and so then people started talking about the Pineapple Revival. But... It was powerful. So many lives touched and changed. The power of God was tangible. We saw so many little children on the ground just shaking under the power of the Lord, so much so that little kids started becoming our prayer team during that time. And so many adults were amazed that little kids were moving in the power of God. And, uh, yeah, lives changed, bodies healed, The worship was crazy. There was a roar and an electricity in the atmosphere. Something contagious was released and it brought hope to the average Aussie, and every person who came into that atmosphere knew that God was moving in this season now, and he's powerful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we could literally talk a whole podcast on what God did with you guys there in the Pineapple Revival. It, it's so wonderful, the, the healings and the miracles. And I tell you, I went through the Brownsville Revival back in the 90s, Jody. and, and yeah. when you go through Revival, it, it ruins you, wouldn't you say?
2: It really ruins you. It wrecks you for the ordinary. And I think once you've tasted that, nothing else satisfies and you just become hungry for for more. You're, You're marked by something that drives you to go after the more unendingly. And it did that for us. And we still live in that space of hunger, knowing what's possible, and knowing also that God is doing that now again in this era and in this day. And it it does shift something in you, because once you've tasted that, you really aren't satisfied with anything less.
1: Absolutely. And, And Jody, you wrote a brand new book called The King's Decree. I want to talk about the contents of that book yeah. in a little while. And you did an exclusive three CD set for us where you're decreeing over people and that Australian accent, the things that God has done in <laughs> you and through you and breakthrough. And it's just powerful. So before we talk about your book, what is the King's Decree? What does that mean?
2: The King's Decree to me is that we are each called to be a literal King's Decree on the earth. And the book talks all about releasing those throne room declarations on the earth and that we are called to speak and live our lives as the king's decree on the earth, partnering with heaven releasing on earth what the king our friend is saying and being part of that redemptive solution in our season and our hour which i believe we are all called to do we are the king's decree
1: and jody it's one thing and you guys are ministers so you know this i'm a pastor it's one thing uh, I'll just speak only for myself. I know yeah. when I'm up there speaking, and I know I'm getting off on a rabbit trail that's not the Lord. I mean, it's what I'm saying is not bad, yeah. but but it's one thing to just talk as an anointed vessel. It's another thing to release the very word of the Lord uh, from heaven.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And there's a power, I believe. I, I totally hear what you're saying, Ryan, but there is a power that God is releasing and has anointed us for. You know, that Isaiah 61, you know, we are anointed, I am anointed. Uh, There's a power when we lean into the truth of his word and the truth of what God is decreeing right now and speak that out into our present circumstances. We become an agent of anointed change, partnering with God, and that was always his intention that we partner with him in decreeing and establishing truth and decreeing and establishing God change on the earth. And, you know, I, I think we could all agree, if ever there was a season where we are needed to partner with God and decree God change, we're in that season. And if ever there was a season where we are needed to be the king's decree in our circumstances, in our nations, in our families. I believe we've hit that season. The world is needing an anointed voice, an anointed people, an anointed church to speak out the word of the Lord and affect change, establish change in our communities. And I'm excited for that because I think, We've entered a season where our voices are increasingly releasing the power of heaven on earth, and we're going to see the dial turned up of the power and the authority that the bride is walking in in this season.
1: Now, Jody, when I was listening to your teaching and and reading your book, it it really ministered to me. You uh, are 49 years old, and I want people to know that because what I'm about to say, because your entire story really ministered to me personally, because it's yeah. one thing to have a, somebody preach or teach to you that is yeah. is just teaching good teaching. You have been through a lot. And I want everybody to know up front that is listening to this, when she starts talking about, oh, the King's decree, we got to partner with God. You're about to hear something from a woman who's been through it. And Jody, for a long season, you had battled a lot of internal sickness. I'll let you go into detail on that. And uh, it yeah. was during the uh, revival, the pineapple revival, you, yeah. you were seeing thousands of healings. And uh, But yeah. in the midst of that, you started getting sick again. You've been in and out of the hospital. God, God touched you to a certain degree and so on and so forth. But anyway, you're back in the hospital. Things are not looking good. And uh, friends, I'm, I want to tell you something, because what I what she's about to share with you is why I I knew that I knew she had to be on this show. Of course, you know, with its with approval and we <laughs> we I'm just telling you, because the things that she teaches, I even ministered to my wife this morning well, who wasn't feeling yeah. well on principles that are lined in this book. So, yeah. Jody, what was going on in your body and then what happened when you got to the hospital?
2: Yeah, well, I think I'll start by saying that, you know, I really felt when I wrote this book, and even as I share this story, I always want to say to people, I feel a compelling to not edit out the pain and the struggles of a process and a journey with the Lord, because anyone who's walked through a lengthy journey with the Lord understands that it's not all, you know, roses and fairy floss, you know. There are days where it really requires an, an inner strength And when we be raw and real with the Lord, I believe he meets us in that place of rawness. He's close to the brokenhearted. And so anyone who's listening to me right now, I want you to hear the word of the Lord. The Lord is close to you when you are walking through a valley of the shadow of death and not just when you're on the mountaintop of a fulfilled breakthrough. He is with you today in the midst of the battle, in the midst of the hard place, in the midst of the process of breakthrough. And that's probably one of the first keys. There is usually a process to any promise, and process is not the enemy of the breakthrough. Process is not the enemy of promise. As we walk through that valley, as we walk through that process, the Lord is with you. And so I've been on a, a long journey, as you referred to, Ryan, like a 30-plus year journey of walking into fulfilled breakthrough and completion of the promises that God has spoken over my life. You know, that Philippians 1.6, uh, you know, that he's begun a good work in you and that he will bring it to completion. That's been one of my decrees over and over and over again, that the things that God begins, he will complete. The thing is that for many of us, sometimes that beginning of a process is a process and there's been a long journey. And for me, there'd been a 30 year journey of bowel disease and intestinal difficulties, problems and uh, associated problems with surgeries that. Went wrong or complications. I was allergic to so many different medications and treatments, and so even in the process of treating, uh, you know, the disease that I had, even that created complications because the medicines would then cause problems. Uh, surgeries that I had in a few cases went wrong and then created complication upon complication, and so there was a long journey of pain and disease and, you know, near-death experiences where over and over and over again, year upon year upon year, we would have a level of breakthrough and then a a long season again of having to push through where it seems like, is this ever going to end? And that's the only way I can describe it because I don't want to edit out the days where I was like, is there an end to this? And yet there was a promise. Deep in my heart, that when God speaks a promise, he means it. He's not a God who lies and he completes everything that he begins. And so, you may, as you're listening, even, you know, I want you to start to get a hold of that and start speaking out that God completes everything that he begins. In Zechariah 4, he talks about do not despise the day of small beginnings. And for me, that was another big deal for me to hold on to. If there's a small beginning of change, then I can bless that, hold on to that, and decree that small beginnings of change always prophesy the fullness of breakthrough, and so the smallest tiniest change, the smallest, tiniest whiff of hope of things turning around. Get excited in your heart because God says, who despises the day of small beginnings? Well, I'll tell you who. Only the person who doesn't know that a small beginning prophesies the completion of breakthrough in your journey. And so I found myself over and over uh, having to really lean into the fact that God is a victory decreeing God. And Psalm 44.4, I'm throwing out a few verses here, but these are some of the things that I held on to as I get into, you know, the realness and the breakthrough that God did in that moment. Psalm 44.4, you know, says, my king and my God decrees victories over Israel, God's people. My king and my God decrees He is a victory decreeing God. And so even when our circumstances often look the exact opposite, of a victory. We can know this, God in heaven in the throne room is decreeing a victory right now. He's a victory decreeing God. He is decreeing a victory over you right now. And so we can stand in truth and in biblical truth, knowing my God's decreeing a victory right now over my circumstances, which do not look victorious, no matter how hard they seem, no matter how opposite to what I am believing for my circumstances look right now. I come before the throne of God and I partner with God right now. And I decree with him, there is a victory in the valley of the shadow that I'm walking through now. And so in the middle of revival, like you said, you know, uh, I think it's probably good to to term it this way. Many people find themselves in situations that don't add up to everything else that's going on around them. And so in the middle of revival, when We're literally praying and seeing hundreds and thousands of people being healed and people all over the place encountering God. I found myself in the emergency room at hospital and and doctors walking up to me and saying, "Jody, the only hope we have for you right now is to remove your entire bowel and half your stomach and feed you through a tube for the rest of your life. Now, when you hear something like that, and it wasn't the first time in my journey I had heard that, but in this moment, I was really weak. My spirit was alive. You've got to remember that we're coming out of revival. We're in the midst of revival going on. My spirit was alive, but increasingly, my body had started to get sicker and sicker whilst everything around us was coming alive. You know, my I was down to I believe about oh really low, thirty nine pounds at one point. Wow. I couldn't eat. You know, at that point, even swallowing water was hard. I was so frail that I could barely um barely walk at this point. And when I walked into the hospital, it was eighty pounds I was down to 39 kilos, 80 pounds. I need to correct myself there before someone <laughs> thinks, what the heck?
1: <laughs>
2: but, yeah, I I was weak. And so when the doctors came in and said that to me, I understood myself. I'm in a bad place. I need a miracle. I need the God of breakthrough, who I'm seeing break out around me and who I believe in, the God of breakthrough, to break through for me. Now, I was so weak. But I remember asking Ben, my husband, to wheel me down to the hospital chapel, which strangely we had done many times and was often very empty, which always seemed strange to me. But I would walk in there and have privacy and peace, and I would decree out the truth of God. I would decree out over and over my God and my King decrees victories for me. My God and my King has a breakthrough for me. And I would speak out and I would say things like, God, Moses went into the tent of meeting with you and face to face, he spoke to you. And God, Moses was able to decree out truth and even talk to you in person, God. And he was able to affect change as he spoke with you. Well, God, I do the same. I come into your presence and I say, God, face to face, You know the promises that have been spoken over my life. And your word says in Philippians 1, 6, that you will complete every good work that you have started. Will I speak out, God, right now, that you will complete my healing, that I will live in the land of the living and I will see your breakthrough break out in my midst and I will see you move in my body and in my circumstances and I speak out over my body that you have a plan and a purpose for my life, God, and I will walk out the days that you have written in the books of heaven, in Psalms, where you talk about, you know, every day, you know, every word, you know, every promise. Well, I call in those days, God, I call in those promises, God, and I would literally march around. And when I say march, I mean, like, sit in a wheelchair and get them to push me or stand up and, in you know, a weak way, shuffle along. A few steps because basically at that point I had tubes coming out of every which way in my body and I could barely stand.
1: Jody, let me ask you something here in the middle of all this. Um, yeah, uh, I've. We don't want to learn our healing scriptures and promises and declarations when we're in the middle of a crisis. It sounds to me yeah. that you had these things in your spirit uh, and in your yeah. heart prior or, you know, because you went through it for so long, but yeah. you you have built on a foundation uh, so when you went through the hardest of times, you could pull from the promises of God that you already knew.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't prepare for war in the day of war.
1: Exactly. You
2: prepare for war every day, in those quiet, every days that so many of us think, oh, it's just another day. That is when we build our history with God. That's when we build um, the overflow of oil when it talks about the you know the wise virgins, why were they wise? because they had oil in excess that comes from a history with the Lord and you can't get a history for a Lord in a one day. you get a in a suddenly moment you get a history with the Lord every single day leaning into relationship with him
1: so my friends you need to understand what jody's saying uh you may be well in body right now or or whatever area of your life this is the time now to get like for instance this cd said or read this book or learn your healing scriptures now it's not because oh you know something's going to happen to me and i got to know my scriptures no you're preparing your spirit to be strong Because in the day of battle, no matter what you face, you pick up the right stone to throw at that Goliath. And I just need you to understand that in the midst of all this, Jody was declaring, she was decreeing what God said in his word was going to happen in her life. So, Jody, in one particular night, you asked Ben, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you got to get some people praying for me. You just knew in your spirit.
2: I knew. I knew things were serious. I knew that. I needed others to stand with me. And he sent out a prayer call um, over Facebook and email. And within within a very short time, there were thousands praying. And I felt a shift of faith start to happen in me. And I, I think there are times where we need the family of God to stand with us. And something started to stir in me and uh, one of our friends, Paul Manwaring, he sent me a a text and faith just hit me on the inside because he, he, um, one of the things that was going on because I was allergic to so many medications, one of the medications they had given me to try and help uh, just stabilise my body, I'd had a reaction to and my insides felt like they were on fire and you know, I I can't overstate it. It was horrible. It was pain upon pain in the midst of believing and decreeing for God to move in that moment. And I was crying out and decreeing and believing and felt fire on the inside. I couldn't drink. I couldn't eat. I couldn't move. But I was like, my God decrees victories. And our friend, he sent me a text from, you know, Isaiah, Uh, 43 and it just talks about you will not be burned as you walk through the fire and he didn't know the circumstances going on in my body he knew that I had been unwell for you know a 30 plus year journey but he did not know in that moment that one of the most crucial things was I was reacting to medication and the moment I got that word you shall not be burned something shifted in my body that burning sensation started to uh dissipate, I started to uh, feel a sense of uh, things shifting in my body for the first time, and it gave me hope. And then I started to lean in and decree even more. You know, many of those listeners may, uh, you may understand what I mean when I say faith just started to rise in the room. I felt an expectation in the atmosphere. And it was in that moment that I had an open-eyed encounter with an angel. And so I had been specifically decreeing out, God, open up the books in heaven and read out, remember my promises, because you are not a God, that you should lie. And so God, read out those promises. And I would decree out, one of my other main decrees was this, God, You are the God of Lazarus still. I love the story of Lazarus coming forth because that miracle didn't even require hope on Lazarus, part because he was dead. And so many of us struggle to have hope in the worst of our circumstances, in the worst seasons. And so I would decree out, God, you are still the God of Lazarus still. You can turn around my circumstances no matter how bad they are. No matter how little hope I even have, you're the God of Lazarus. And so in that moment, I saw an angel drop in my hospital room. And this angel, uh, was standing in the corner and had a clipboard. And on that clipboard, as only happens in an encounter, this is the only way I can describe it, in encounters, something supernatural happens and you enter into a supernatural realm with the Lord. And it was like the supernatural realm was superimposed over the natural realm in this encounter. But I was looking at it and I saw the angel with my eyes open and a clipboard, and I knew on that clipboard was written, promise after promise, after promise, after promise of my promises that God had written out somehow on this clipboard. And I knew in that moment, I was like, God, you've you've stood up in the throne room and you have spoken out my promises and you have not forgotten one single promise that is written out over my life. And I saw this angel in the corner start to tick off promise after promise after promise. And I'm getting emotional just talking about this, because in that moment, I knew that God remembered my name, that he had called me by name, just like in Isaiah 43. I have called you by name. You are mine. And he knows those promises, and he hasn't forgotten a single one, and Faith started to rise in the atmosphere. There was a hope an expectation an electricity, a tangible sense of uh, things shifting, and my body started to respond to that. Nothing immediately changed, but my inside started to be infused with faith and infused with a sense of breakthrough and a sense of hope. And uh, I started to uh, just lean in and decree, yes, God, you haven't forgotten a single promise. And then suddenly I noticed that not only was the fire sensation gone in my body, but I knew there was a sense in my body of here we are. Here's a breakthrough moment. I know this is a breakthrough moment. And I got really emotional, Ryan, in that time because I knew that God had remembered me and I knew God had heard my promises And I knew God was decreeing out a victory in heaven for me in that moment. And I knew that the God of Lazarus was calling for a Lazarus-style comeback breakthrough for me.
1: Praise God. I mean, this is so powerful. I'm going to fast-forward you a little bit to what happened after the angel left.
2: Yes, well, after the angel left, I went into a really deep sleep and I was awakened by a nurse coming in and taking my observations, checking how I was. I could tell immediately that she was, uh, wow, you're doing well. Now, I knew when I woke up, something's changed. I just felt well. And anyone who's been through a long journey of sickness, you know when suddenly you feel well. I knew something had shifted in my body and circumstances. I began to eat that day miraculously. The doctors and nurses saw so much change in me uh, that I was drinking, they brought in food for me. I was able to eat it. I was able to, you know, I'm I'm just gonna be real here. I was able to go to the bathroom which they had considered impossible at that point. Uh, They saw enough changes that they started to keep treating me differently. Now this is what happened. They saw so much change in me. Now, I need, I need to be real. There was still a process that I was walking out, but there was so much change, able to eat again, able to stand up again, able to walk again, albeit weekly, that a doctor came in and he released me from hospital only 24 hours later. Oh, the, same, the next day, 24 hours. Hey, Amen. such a swift turnaround. But listen, this is what people need to hear. This is the most incredible thing that just spoke so much joy to my heart. The name of the doctor that signed my release form, my discharge form from hospital that day, was called Dr... Lazarus. I mean, come on! Come on! Remember, there was a prophetic confirmation that God is the God of Lazarus, and He's doing Lazarus-style comeback stories for people. That was one of those moments where I was just like, "God, you're the God of Lazarus." Still today.
1: Now, for you who are listening, you can hear from Jody the the, the passion, the compassion, the the tears of somebody that's been there, done that, and can walk you through your to your miracle to your breakthrough and I, i'm just telling you that's what's always impressed me about jody's life is uh she is one that knows i mean she's one of these that if if you need somebody to pray for you call jody because she's going to not let heaven alone until you get your healing until you get your miracle yeah. uh jody i'm going to uh hit a few high points here because we only have about 15 minutes yeah. left together uh i like how you sure. said this you said fear is not your profit what do you mean by that
2: Look, it's one of the greatest keys in my journey because I started to realise that fear was prophesying my future. And anyone who's been in a hard place for a while understands fear always comes and speaks doom and gloom over you and it paints a, a horrible pathway ahead. And one day the Holy Spirit dropped in me Fear is not your prophet. And I want you to hear this, listener. Fear is not your prophet. What does that mean? Fear will always speak a prophetic journey ahead of you that has no hope and no victory, and no breakthrough. That is not your prophet. The word of the Lord is your prophet. God is your prophet. The Holy Spirit is your prophet, and he is always speaking a victory, a solution, and a redemptive way forward for you. God is always speaking resurrection power over your life. So when fear comes at you, And this is what it meant to me. When fear came at me and started speaking about my days ahead, I learned to stand still in a moment and go, fear, you're not my prophet. I will not listen to anything that drops in my spirit that carries an atmosphere of fear because fear, you're not my prophet. You are the voice of the enemy and I will not listen to you. And I learned that every time that inner fear started to rise in me, I knew that's the voice of fear and you're not my prophet and I will not listen. And I would then uh, shift my focus and go, therefore I will only listen to what you're saying, God, and you're speaking over me, a victorious, redemptive healing solution. And that's the voice of God. That is my prophet. And I will listen to, and that, that required a little bit of discipline But I did learn, and I still know today, when fear drops in my spirit and starts to speak to me about my future days, it's not the voice of God. And it's not the voice of God for you, listener. Fear is not your prophet.
1: Now, Jody, you talked about earlier the Lazarus anointing. And uh, yeah. I'm reading from your book here. You said Lazarus-style comeback stories are going uh-huh. to become increasingly commonplace as the King breathes resurrection life over promises that have been latent, delayed, or fought hard against. Now, what yeah. what is going to happen? This this comeback. There's a lot of people listening, Jody, that need a that need their own comeback story. Uh, what's going to happen with this Lazarus? What you call the Lazarus anointing?
2: Well, the Lazarus anointing for me is that you know comeback, turnaround. It's resurrection life. You know John eleven eleven says, "My friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up." Amen. And so, first of all, God calls you His friend. God calls you His friend. When we are in a place of impossible, God calls you his friend. He loves you. He has compassion for you. And resurrection life gives hope to every circumstance. When God says, you know, with God, all things are possible. That includes the things that look impossible. Impossible is not a roadblock in our journey to a miracle. It's the ingredients of the greatest comeback of Lazarus style stories in our life. And so I want to speak hope to you that if you're in a place of unending that God has not run out of resurrection life for you. And the Lazarus anointing is literally what calls forth your full destiny. The Lazarus anointing is resurrection life and hope for the promises of God that are over your life. And, you know, can I add this, that if you have a theme of attack that you've been facing in your life where it's the same thing, over and over and over, and anyone who's found themselves in delay, usually there's a theme to that attack on your finances or your health or whatever it is. It's just one thing after another. I want to speak this over you. Where the enemy has most attacked you, you are called to carry breakthrough in that realm, not just for your life but in other people's lives. And so I speak that Lazarus anointing over your call right now that you will not just walk in breakthrough in your circumstances and your promises, but you are a carrier of the Lazarus anointing, calling forth destiny and fullness of promise over others in the very same place that the enemy has come at you. And so be encouraged, the Lazarus anointing, resurrection life. There's no shortage of it. God's pouring it out on you, in you, around you, and over you today.
1: Now, Jody, you were being transparent here, and you don't mind saying this, uh, but you found yourself in bathrooms a lot when you would go to the store or whatever. (laughs) It's just, you know, I appreciate your heart on that, even letting people know, but you were constantly in the bathroom when you were shopping. But as you teach throughout your whole book, uh, about divine payback and breakthrough and, you know, making the devil pay for everything he's done to us. You have, you have breakthrough bathroom stories.
2: I do. I know that sounds funny for people, but hey, you know, there's no point not being real in the journey we've gone. That's what I say.
1: Exactly. What happened? <laughs> give, give me a, give me a, a for instance.
2: Yeah. Well, Many, many crazy stories, but like you said, I'd be decreeing that a bathroom instead of being a place of pain would become a place of breakthrough. And mm. so I noticed miracles started breaking out in bathrooms. I remember one day walking into my supermarket, my local supermarket, and uh, there was a lady um, in there who looked upset and she was crying. And I just, you know, I just said, I've gotten used to this now. So I just said, Oh, can I pray for you? And of course, she looked at me and she was like, Yes, but in that moment, there was another lady in the bathroom who I recognised, I'd prayed for her before for healing in the supermarket, (laughs) and so she pipes up and yells out, ''Yeah!'' You really want her to pray for you, and I'm, you know, I'm laughing. The other lady's laughing. I put my hands on this lady and just started praying healing while I'm praying healing for her. This other lady that I'd already prayed for before says, "Do you mind if I pray too?" And I'm like, "Sure, come over and pray." And I'm standing there going, "This is crazy." Now there's like a healing team in the bathroom. There were kids coming in and out, and all the kids were getting excited. They wanted to join in and pray too. This was really. Ha- in my local local supermarket bathroom so now I'm standing there praying another lady standing there praying there were kids in there standing there praying with me this lady gets healed she's been, you know she starts to have joy in her life so in a moment of minutes she went from crying in the bathroom to smiling feeling good and going back to work then the other lady who you know had been praying with me goes, hey, I actually feel sick. Can you pray for me? And I'm like, sure, let's pray for you. So we shifted to praying for her. And again, within moments, she started to feel well and was, you know, shouting out, I feel good. I feel good. <laughs> and there was such joy in the bathroom. Within a space of moments, I walk into a, a staff member crying in a bathroom to moments later, Two people healed, and everyone walking out with joy and excitement because God had met people in a bathroom.
1: And Jody, you were seeing these miracles on your way to your own breakthrough and healing.
2: Absolutely, yes. <laughs> many times, many times I would see people um, healed, particularly in bathrooms on the process in the journey of believing for more and more healing and more and more breakthrough in my own life.
1: So I bring that up because there's a strange religious sense in the church that I got to be 100% financially successful, 100% well, 100% emotionally healed, and so on and so forth before God will use me. And you're, you're, you're a testimony that that's not the way it works.
2: Absolutely.
1: God wants to use you on the way.
2: God wants to use us on the way. And I think that's a perfectionism spirit that has gotten in. It's, it's a religious spirit, but it's a perfectionism spirit. God uses us in the realness of who we are. And if there's a message of the King's decree, I think that would be one of them, that your voice, your life, your uh, your personality, God uses all of it. You are the king's decree and so therefore your voice is anointed and God's not asking you to be someone else he's not asking you to live someone else's life he's asking you to be you and so therefore in the process of our real journeys God uses us his truth is truth when we're still in the middle of a journey not just when we get to the end of a journey and so yeah I just want to speak hope over all of you that faith is believing for that which we have not seen the fullness of yet and so when you're in a process of a not yet God is still using you and you still have faith you have great faith in fact I speak over people all the time because one of the most tragic things that I see religion and a perfectionism spirit heaping onto people in a journey is unworth and shame because you're in the middle of a journey that is so evil and it's so the voice of the enemy. When you are believing for something that you have not seen the fullness of yet, you have biblical faith because you have great faith to be believing in the midst of the opposite that God speaks breakthrough over your real circumstances when you're still believing for the fullness of it yet. And so I want you to hear that, friend. You have great faith. God uses you in the process and the journey.
1: Now, Jody, release that faith, would you, and just pray for the people that are listening to this.
2: Yeah. Well, dear friend, I want you to hear that. You're a friend of God. And so I just speak hope over you right now, that you are in the finest hour of your life and that God has not forgotten a single word that he has spoken over your life. And so I ask for a supernatural impartation of great faith right now, and supernatural faith, of the faith of God. I ask for that faith To drop into every person hearing my voice right now. I decree over you that you walk in the faith of God, that you are a walking, talking, mobile encounter. And I speak over your body, your circumstances, your finances, your family, your call, your destiny, your promises. That God is decreeing victories over you right now. And I speak a victory over your circumstances in the name of Jesus. I speak a Lazarus anointing, starting to be stirred on your inside, that your spirit would come alive, that your body would come alive, that your promises would come alive, that your hope would come alive, that the very promises of God would start to resonate deep in you in a fresh and new way today. And I speak over you that this is your hour of breakthrough, that God is with you, that he is well-pleased with you. We push off all our shame and unworth, and I speak over you that God is the God of Lazarus still and he is calling forth your life and your promises forth into the day of victory and the hour of the fullness of every last word that God has spoken over your life. And I speak hope to you, friend. God's with you and he loves you and he's well-pleased with you. In Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Amen. And I want to remind you of Jody's brand new book, The King's Decree, in her exclusive three CD set where she, <laughs> you can hear it in her voice, she's decreeing and she's declaring breakthrough and healing over your life. And she teaches you how to be the walking fire of God. You will be totally blessed. And you can watch Jody and her husband, Ben, on our ISN network. What is the name of your program? Pour It Out with Ben and Jody Hughes. Pour It Out with Ben and Jody Hughes. So make sure that you watch our ISN schedule to uh, watch their awesome show. And you've been listening to Messianic Vision with our guest Jody Hughes. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get the special resource.
0: Now hear me. You have been given authority by God to declare heaven's strategies and solutions in her brand new book, The King's Decree, Jody Hughes shares how decrees are Heaven's whispers that carry such power to transform your life and those around you. God is upgrading revelation that our very lives become a declaration and that we are all atmosphere releasers and atmosphere shifters. Jody also recorded an exclusive three CD set entitled Releasing Heaven's Decrees, where she shares how you can release heaven's decrees into any situation that you may face by bringing the kingdom of heaven wherever you go. On the third CD, Jody prays decrees and imparts breakthrough, miracles, and healing into your life with supernatural instrumental music. Call now for Jody's brand new book. The King's Decree, and her exclusive three CD set, Releasing Heaven's Decrees, for an investment of 35 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's 1-800-447-2697, or go to our website at SidRoth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Jody Hughes' brand new book, The King's Decree, and her exclusive three CD set, Releasing Heaven's Decrees, offer number 9704 for an investment of 35 U.S. dollars. Be sure to ask for offer number 9704. Once again, that's offer number 9704.